Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, go eat popcorn. That, that's an easy way to remember where they're at. I had an old preacher tell me that one time. Philippians 3, chapter 3, verse 8. Paul's sitting here talking. He says, yea, doubtless. Ah, go back to 7. But what things I uh, were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtlessly I count all things but loss for the excellency of the, the knowledge of, Je of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Uh, if you don't know what that is, come talk to me, I'll tell you. That I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is, uh, is of God through faith, uh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might obtain uh, unto the resurrection of the dead. Uh, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may uh, apprehend uh, that which, which also I apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for just letting us come to church, Lord. What a, what a blessing it is. Uh, Lord, thank you for a great week that we had all the way up to the wedding. And Lord, here it is now, Sunday morning. It's just another day. Uh, it's just one day after another, Lord. It seems to never end. Uh, Lord, the, the time just is flying by. And Lord, one of these days, uh, you're going to come back and get us, and it's all going to be over. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to, uh, to keep busy, keep our minds on what we need to be, have them on until the day you come and get us, whatever that is. And Father, again, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul, Paul, you may be seated. Paul is sitting here talking. And if you remember back in uh, Acts chapter 9 when Paul got knocked, knocked down off uh, uh, whatever he was on, whether he's walking or riding, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but he was knocked down on the road to Damascus. And, and he was sitting there in his mind thinking that he, what he was doing uh, was what God wanted. But Paul didn't really know that. He was just, I mean, he was just very aggressive. Uh, he was energetic. Uh, he, he got the law down. He knew what the law said. I'm going to do the law. I'm going to keep doing the law. I'm going to do the law. I'm going to do the law. But he never knew that doing the law was going to get him to heaven. He never had that. Uh, what Paul did, he got knocked down on the road to Damascus one day. And guess what? He met Jesus Christ. And the Lord told him to turn his mic on. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> you see, that's a, you find the Lord's will everywhere, man. So, uh, signs and wonders. <laughs> Jews seek signs in the Greek. I guess I'm part Jew, man, because there was a sign back there. I got the sign. Turn it on. Paul, Paul was sitting there thinking, you know, so many times we think, we think we know. I mean, we got a good bunch of messages on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, and if you got through all those messages, basically what you'd come through is that you're a mess. The world's a mess. Everything's a mess. And if you let that mess bother you, you will get worse. But you don't have to let that bother you. Uh, I, I mean, it could bother you. You wake up in the morning and, and a couple seconds there you think about uh, today could be the day when we see the big flash of light. Maybe. And if it is, you won't have to worry very long. I mean, it goes by pretty quick. Uh, every, everything I've seen in my life, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, pictures or, or tests where they did nuclear blasts. And uh, those around there, never, they didn't bother them too long. Uh, just you want to be close. You want to be close. You don't want to be far away. 
Uh, and, you know, when you're in church, you ought to be up front. You ought to not be far, far away. You ought to be uh, real up first where you can get the best effect out of the thing. But Paul, Paul is sitting here talking, and he, and he goes through this thing and he, in verse 11. He says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I already attained, either were perf- already perfect, but I follow after, uh, after if, I, uh, if that I might, may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget it, man. You know, he's going through all that stuff, and, and this world will drive you crazy. And it'll bring up your past and more of your past, and, and everybody's got a past. It doesn't matter who you are. you got a past. Uh, and guess what? If, 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 you didn't, if, if somebody did something and it affected you, you probably had a part of it anyways causing it. Uh, I found out most of the time in my life, when I watch what happens, uh, I cause everything that happens to me, I cause or have some effect in it. It just normally does not happen all by yourself. Uh, or somebody just doesn't have the clear blue do stuff, and it just happens to you. I mean, every now and then you may get hit by a car that never intended to hit you, but typically in your life, when stuff happens, you had a part of that thing. And you need to own up to that part. You know what you got to do? Quit all that stuff and just remember that heaven's out in front of you. Never forget heaven's out. I'll tell you, man, Pilgrim's Progress is the greatest book outside the Bible that you could ever read. And what you'll do is, is you'll see, I like, I like uh, Doubting Castle, man. Doubting Castle's great. Because, you know, here's, it's, it's just, we're that, man. I, as I was reading that book, I remember the, the first time I read that book, I, would, I put myself in there. You ought to put yourself in the Bible when you read it. You ought to place yourself as the characters of that book, whatever you're reading. If you can't play, hey, man, if I can't put myself in that book, I throw the book offside. It has no interest to me. I read books on World War II or World War, <laughs> World War III coming up, uh, whatever. Uh, whatever it is, I read books on that stuff. If I can't place myself into that book, I throw that book away, man. It, it means nothing to me. I got to get excited about what I'm reading. Pilgrim's Progress, man, I was right in I thought I was Pilgrim. Uh, the way he wrote that book, I said, this is me, man, this is me. And, and I said, keep your mind on the celestial city. Well, they go down the road, him and faithful. You think him and faithful would be pilgrim and faithful? What more could you ask for? I mean, faithful. He's a, and they come up with this fence line, and this road on this side is all bumpy and, and rocks and everything's in it. They must be barefooted or something. They ain't got no shoes or something. I don't know what the problem is. But they're over here, and it's real rough. And they keep saying, let's go over to the other side over here. It's all smooth on the other side. The road just runs right next to the fence on this side. One side, on this side of the fence is this road. It's all bumpy and hard and everything. On this side, it's nice and easy. So finally, Faithful talks uh, Pilgrim to get on the other side. It might be, yeah, I think it's Pilgrim or Faithful. I don't want to give him a bad rap if it's not him, but hey, read the book and you'll get it. But he jumps over on the other side and he starts walking. And what they don't realize is after a while, that nice smooth road starts doing this. And somewhere down the road, they find themselves in a big old forest, and then they get uh, captured and thrown in a doubting castle, and a giant despair comes down, and he's going to kill them. And they're down there, oh, oh, oh we're going to die, we're going to die. Well, you shouldn't, you know, you just thought, oh, it's easy on this side. Easy is not what you're looking for, by the way. Uh, if it's easy, you better start making it, figure something. It's never easy. Paul never thought it was easy. Uh, he was shipwrecked, he was beat, he was everything, man. I mean, you couldn't, all he wanted to do is tell somebody about Jesus. You would think telling somebody about Jesus, everybody just loved that. But that's what they need to hear. They need to hear about Jesus. Paul, Paul has a high calling. You know you got a high calling? I like the way he worded this over in 1 Corinthians. He says, uh, for the Jews seek signs. They gave me a sign a few minutes ago. And the Greeks seek wisdom. And it was a very wise thing to do what the sign said. 
Uh, but we preach Christ crucified unto, unto the Jews, a stumbling block, unto the uh, Greeks, foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren. Brethren, each one of us are called to do something. And, and what you got to do is keep your mind set on, you're not called to do what somebody else is doing. You need to find out what God wants you to do. It could be a simple little thing. I like the story about that lady with the two mites. You know, she was an old lady. And you know what she did? All, all you got is four verses in the Bible. She spent her whole life getting to a place where she could throw two mites into the treasury and she goes off. Now, she may have done a lot of other stuff. But as far as you and I both know, when you read your Bible, unless you got something I don't know nothing about, she's got four verses, and I, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I ain't got any. And I don't think there's anybody in here who's got a verse in the Bible about them. And it don't tell you her name. It just tells you in her lifetime, as an older lady, she got there, and she was broke, didn't have much. All she had was two pennies. They said two mites. And she took them in there and threw them in the treasury, and that stopped the Lord and his 12 disciples. She said, look at that lady. As far as you know, the only thing God ever wanted her to do was that right there, and she did it. And only, how long does it take to walk in a line? Sometimes lines are long. It takes you hours to get in a line. Friend of our, our friends coming out of the Ukraine, they drove, uh, I think, 12, 14 hours to get to the Poland border, and it took them another 12, 14 hours in a line, I think, to get through the, the amount of people heading out to get into Poland. And you, sometimes the lines are long. You ever been in a store where the line's long? Going to Kroger's. Yeah. I mean, I hate that, man. You, they got... Two cash registers open and the lines go all the way back like to the meat counter. And then they got all the little things over there and, and these big baskets. You got to get in line. You just got to get in line and wait. And just wait. But that lady got in line and wait. She threw her two mites in and she goes away and that's the last you ever hear of her. You know, sometimes in your life, it's only a couple things you're going to... We got this thing all messed up. We think, oh, I got to go out and do... No, that's what you got to do. Have you ever thought that maybe God don't want you to do that? Have you ever thought that a lot of the stuff we do is going to be wood, hay, and stubble at the judgment of Christ is going to burn up? Because that's what we thought we should do. I'm tired of doing what I think I should do. You know what I want to do? I, just, I was talking to somebody last night. I said, you know what you got to do? You got to wait. Wait on the Lord. I say, wait. We don't like that, man. We don't. You know why you got to forget so much stuff behind you? Because you never waited. If you had waited, guess what? There wouldn't be a whole bunch of stuff back there because you wouldn't be doing nothing to have anything back there. You would be only doing what God told you to do, and you wouldn't care about nothing else. I like Paul, man. Paul says this, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. They don't get it. They choose, most people choose to do what they want because it's easier and smoother on this side. And I can go, you know, Dr. Peacock preached a couple good messages. I mean, all four of them were good messages. And all those things, you know, you get yourself into a place where depression, once you start getting depressed, it just snowballs. And you can talk yourself into the stupidest, craziest stuff. I don't know about you, but I've talked myself into some really stupid stuff before. And I'm sitting there going, and, and pretty soon you're all depressed and it gets worse. And then the more depressed you get, the worse it gets. And then it's like it just keeps going down the hill. And then, you know, the best thing you can ever do is get a hold of Jesus Christ. I was in Norfolk, Virginia, and out in Chesapeake, out in the middle of the swamp. I mentioned the story before, but I was out there walking in the middle of the swamp one night, and I'm talking, there is poisonous snakes. If you've ever been to, to Norfolk, Virginia, the, the back bay is, if you come, the ocean's here, you got land, then you got the intercoastal waterway. And I went out on the intercoastal waterway with a couple guys, and, and we were shooting across it in a boat, and you're talking about snakes. <laughs> if you like snakes, this would be snake heaven. 
I mean, there's snakes everywhere. I had oars in that boat. I was smacking snakes as we was going across the intercoastal waterway, which is big. These are, I mean, snakes everywhere. And I, I'm like, I hate snakes, man. I can't stand snakes. And here I am out in the middle of the swamp walking around. In the middle of the night, pitch black. Oh, God, my life is all falling apart. You've probably never done that before. I'm sure all of y'all just got everything together. Your whole lives are all together. 1984, my life was not together. I could fix anything that was broke, but boy, I had a miserable life. And I'm out there, you're talking about depressed, man. I'm sitting out there depressed. I'm like, oh, God, my life's falling apart. Ah! You know what happened? He come right down and stood next to me, basically. I didn't see him. I did not see him. I, he did, wasn't like, Mike, how you doing? It's all just inside my head. And, and I'm sitting there, and it's like, hey, you. I'm like, huh, oh, yeah, yeah, what, what, what? And all of a sudden, things changed, started changing. I'm like, yeah. He goes, who are you? I said, huh? Who are you? I said, I'm Mike. He goes, that's who I'm looking for. I'm not looking for somebody else. You know, there's a lot of people. Dr. Jack Howells had a church of 10,000, man. I went to that church, and I felt so out of place. I was so mad. I told Dr. Peacock that yesterday. I was there one day with Dr. Jack Howells. They, they called a sailor down there in front of everybody, gave him a suit. I was so mad. They didn't give me no suit. Why didn't you go? Why don't you give me a suit? You know why? I didn't do what that guy did. You know why you probably never get anything? Because you never do nothing to get nothing for. You know what that guy did? Now, here I am. I'm a sailor. I'm just like, he is. He's a sailor. We rode the bus down there. We, they came picked us up at Waukegan and brought us down there. And at the evening service, they call him down there and they give him a suit. I didn't like suits anyway, so I didn't really. I'm still mad, though, man. They could have gave me something, a lollipop or something. And I go, I'm sitting there watching this thing. I was mad for years. Every time I thought about it, now I wasn't perpetually mad. I wasn't mad every second of my life, but whenever I thought about that situation, I, I, it brought back bad memories, and I was like, man, I don't know why he didn't give me no suit. Then I started thinking about it. I said, you know what that guy did? I said, that guy, they would drive buses from uh, Hammond, Indiana, all the way up to Waukegan, which is about an hour and a half away, and pick sailors up. This guy, all week long as a sailor, would go around the base and get, range everything so everybody was ready to be picked up when that bus got there. You know what Dr. Howells and the church was doing? They was rewarding that guy for faithfulness. But people like me who are stupid, we just see him get the suit, we get mad. Well, they got stuff, how come I don't get nothing? Have you ever thought maybe you don't do nothing to get nothing with? Jesus rewards people, by the way. I'm gonna get into some of that here in a few minutes. You get a reward, but you gotta do something to get a reward. White throne, or the judgment of Christ, guess what? Wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stone. If you never do nothing and all you are are wood, hay, and stubble, everything you got is going to burn up. Now, you're going to get through. You're just going to get through. I mean, you're going to be naked and blind, and you're going to be on the other side of the thing, and everybody's going to look at you like, hey, you're naked and blind. What's up with you? And you ain't going to get nothing. I ain't going to give you nothing there, by the way. I'll tell you what. You're going to have to make it. You're going to figure, uh, I don't know how you're going to get it. I think somewhere down the road, the Lord has pity on you, and he gives you clothes to put on. But when you start looking at that stuff, he warns us on this side to get ourselves ready. And we just don't. I like Pilgrim's Progress, man. I knew when I got saved, I had a calling. I had no idea what it was. You know how I knew I had a calling? He told me to get saved. My mom and dad thought I was out of my mind. They didn't get the calling. <laughs> my brothers and sisters all thought I was out of my mind. They didn't get no calling. I got to call them. Mike, get out of bed. Why? Get on the back porch. And I sit there all night long, and he never came. I'm like, why would you wake me up and not come? I'm telling you, I thought he was going to sit next to me. 
I, fig I figured he's God. He could do whatever he wants. He could come sit right next to me and talk to me. And he never came. I agreed with him. I said, I wouldn't come for me either. He came. I just don't. You know what? I got I to call him. I was like little Samuel. You ever read your Bible? Samuel said, I can identify with Samuel sitting there in bed. Samuel. Well, he didn't know. He goes to Eli. Eli, what do you want? Nothing. Why are you waking me up, you little punk? Get back to bed. Samuel. Eli, Eli, what do you want? It's, why do you keep waking me up? And after a while, Samuel finally gets it, or Eli gets it. He says, wait a minute, Samuel. The next time that happens, you know why you come to church? You got to get around somebody who knows what to tell you to do when it happens. If you try to figure this stuff out on your own, you know what? You're going to speak in tongues after a while. I can speak in tongues. Because why? Because, oh, man, I had, a, I had a guy come in, to, in my office the other day. And last Saturday, we was getting ready for the revival. And somebody comes and says, oh, there's a guy here who wants to talk to you. And he comes in and wants to tell me his story. And I think, well, hey, I can help the guy. And next thing I know, he read his Bible, but the Bible wasn't good enough because was, he was beyond his Bible. And he died, and he went out there, and they told him to come back and tell everybody his story. I don't want to hear your story. If your story has to do something with Jesus, tell me about it. I'll listen to it all day long, but if you're going to tell me some story about you dying and going out there in La La Land, and somebody's telling you to go and tell everybody, well, go tell somebody else, because I don't want to hear it. I run him out, man. I actually run him out. I got. If you ever see me get mad, I was mad, man. They heard me yelling back there. I mean, I was mad. You come into this church with that trash telling me that garbage. You know what it was? He wasn't in that thing. I couldn't even get, I was as calm as I could be up to the point where I started yelling. <laughs> and once I started yelling, I couldn't stop. I'm like, you, you idiot. The Bible said, you idiot. He, he goes, I'm the son of man. I'm like, no, you're not. You're a son of, if you're saved, you're a son of God. If you're not a son of God, you're lost. On your way to hell, you're going to burn. You say, but that's awful mean. No, it's not. I'll tell you what, in, in eternity, if he ever gets it, he will thank me if he gets to heaven. Because the other option is a place called hell, and that ain't fun. Any way you look at it ain't fun. You got a calling. I didn't know what my calling was. I just knew at that particular moment he was telling me to get on the back porch and get saved. That's all I knew. You know what I did? I did that. Then he said, join the Navy, and I did that. And then he said, do this, and I did that. And he said, do this. Now I'm here 43 years later, and here's where I'm at. You never know what your calling's going to be at the end. You just know in the, you're called by, if you're saved in here today, if I ask for a show of hands, I should see everyone go up, I hope. But if, if you're not saved, you, you have, you're being called. He's calling, says, come, 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 believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Come, come, come. And if you don't come, you can't start the calling. You say, why would I want to be called? Because man, I tell you what, heaven's out there in front of us and hell is behind me. And I, you know, I don't forgot about hell. I mention hell every now and then because you need to hear about hell every now and then. But I'm not going there. I mean, I, if the Lord Jesus Christ can walk through the thing, I guess I can walk through it too, but it ain't going to bother me because I'm immune. I'm hell immune. I got to get out of hell free card. I'll never go there unless the Lord wants to go show me something down there, which I don't know why he would ever do that. Paul has a high calling. He says, you got a high calling. He said, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. If you think what I'm saying right now is foolish, then you think you're wise, and God uses, he uses stuff like that to confound people. Paul had a high calling. You have a high calling. He says, I got a high calling. Number two, Paul, Paul knew the value of that calling. We sometimes, all that stuff this week, this world will drag on you and drag on you. If you worry about Russia, Ukraine, 
If it's not Russia, Ukraine, it's Africa. It's, uh, the Africans over killing each other left and right. I've heard story after story after story where hundreds of thousands of people die in Africa. They never tell anybody. The news never. Why? Because it's no big story or anything like that. So we'll just let them kill themselves over there. But then when there's, if there's 29 or 30 or 40 or whatever uh, uh, labs in Ukraine, you don't know what that story is about that whole thing. You don't know why Russia's doing what it's doing, and you don't know why uh, Ukraine's doing what it's doing. You have no idea what any of that stuff. You know what they want you to do is get on their side. They're going to tell you what side to be on. I ain't on nobody's side. If you're asking me to go die, you can hang that up. I heard a, I heard a wrestler the other day, a wrestler, or uh, I think it was a WWE wrestler. They're all, everybody's mad at him. He's from Arkansas or something of all places. Missouri or I don't know, someplace like that. And he goes, look, you come to Missouri? He said, I'll dig in and I'll whoop you. He said, you start messing with my country and my people, I'll whoop you. But I ain't going over there without knowing why I'm going. Why would you go someplace and fight something that, that you have no idea? That's just getting angry about something you have no idea. Now, if you know what you're doing, that's one thing. I said, I, I don't trust anybody that's, uh, I don't trust our mayor of Dayton. I don't, I don't trust hardly anybody. I don't trust me. I'm serious, brother, and you can't trust the thing. You know what I got? I can trust Jesus. That's what Paul did. You know what gets you out of trouble and keep a smile on your face? I like it when I hear these, these people sing up here. Man, we had some good singing this week. Uh, Brother Reagan and his wife came down there. Their kids got up and sang. Uh, night one, I was joking with them. I said, hey, man, I said, this whole meeting is going to rise and fall on you guys. If you blow it, man, it's gone. And they're like, eh. <laughs> it was funny, man. It was funny. Brother Reagan said, you scared them to death. I didn't mean to, but I did, I did really mean to, I guess. But Paul knew the value of that calling. Colossians 4.17 says, and say unto her, Chirpus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. You know what God wants you to do? Don't sit in a pew and just think you're sitting in a pew doing nothing. There's a reason why you're sitting in a pew. There's a reason why you're hearing what I'm saying. I might not be the greatest preacher in the world, but you're hearing something that God wants you to hear. There's a reason he wants you to hear that. So that you'll get up and do something. I could have got mad at that guy that got a suit and walked away from church and never went back. You know what I did? I kept going to church. Why? Because they had free meals on Sunday. <laughs> it got me off the base. I mean, they come pick me up. They drive me down to Hammond, Indiana. They force you to stay there. They made you listen to somebody at their house all day long on Sunday, preaching at you, trying to get you to get saved. I'm like, I'm already saved. Can we just eat? And where's my suit? They took us out to, to Hiles Anderson College. Now, I'm telling you, I, I, was, I was a mess growing up. And I joined the Navy at 22. And out there at Hiles Anderson College is all these little, come here, you come here, just for a second. Turn around, look at them. It's perfect hair, all this stuff. <laughs> this is what they look like. I'm looking at that like, I can't ever be like that. I'm like, how can I be like that? I mean, everything's perfect. You want to do this? I'm like, I, I said, Lord, I can't be like that. My mind is never going to be like that. This kid ain't got no, nothing in his head that's bad. I think, well, if I talk to Robin and Tim, they'll probably tell me some stuff, but I ain't going to ask them. Illustration. Got to have the illustration. Here, I'll straighten this back up. I didn't really mean to do that. It's a nice tie, too. You can sit down. <laughs> They take me out there, and I'm looking at this. This is 1982, 83, maybe 84, 82, 83. And I'm sitting there looking at this. How can I be like that, Lord? I'm saying, 
I'm like, I'm a mess, man. I said, I've always been a mess. And I said, these, these kids, these little girls, I mean, they're like little angels, man. And I know they're, they're not. They're probably just like my grandkids. <laughs> but like all of them, they got their own trouble. But they didn't look it. And, and I'm like, there's no possible way. I was getting more and more depressed. If I had looked at that, I'd have quit. You know what I did? I kept getting back in my Bible and saying, okay, Lord, what? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Finish what you start. You started ETA school, finish it. You know what he did? He gave me something to do to keep me busy until he could get me to a place where I needed to be. And I kept doing that stuff. And then when he got me to a place where I needed to be, guess what? He showed me. I'm not mad. I'm glad that guy, you know, oh man, I'm going to lose my blessing right here, but that's okay. We had a couple here drove from Pennsylvania. And uh, he comes up to me <laughs> uh, Thursday night. He's got this little Bible about this big. Let's see if I got something about this big. About this big. And he shows me. He goes, brother, he goes, got this hexagon looking thing on the front. It's like, a, have you ever had a spiral graph on the spiral graph? That's what it looked like. And he goes, what is that? Well, I don't know what that is. It's weird on the front of a Bible. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, great hymns of faith is cool. I mean, you can read that. Holy Bible's okay, but why would you put a hexagram on the front of a Bible? And it's like a hexagram, and then shifted hexagram, and then it just shifted. So there's like six of them impressed on each other. Uh, I had some Bibles over at the house. And, you know, I, I got some nice ones. I got some just like his church Bibles. I ain't going to give you one. Forget it. Uh, but because people go, can I have one of those too? But they came, him and his wife, and they drove all the way from Pennsylvania over here. And I'm sitting there, and the Lord says, you got a box of Bibles in, in your house, church Bibles, old Schofield reference Bibles, nice ones. And he goes, why don't you give them a couple? The Bible says, buy the word and sell them not. Well, I bought them. He said, but don't sell them. Give them away. I said, okay, I'll give them away. So I, I, I called the young man. I said, hey, I, I said, I'll bring you a couple of Bibles. Over to your, I took him over to the hotel. He was just, he could not believe it. And you say, what? Well, you know why? I'm going to tell you why. I couldn't imagine myself getting raptured out of this place, and I got a box of brand new Bibles sitting in my house, sitting there in a box doing absolutely nothing. Lord, and I get to heaven, the first thing Michael looks at me, or Gabriel says, why did you leave that box of Bibles down there? I'm like, ah. I only got three now. I'm not as bad as I was. You say, what was it? You, you help people, and you give stuff away, and you try to do... It doesn't matter. Little things matter to... Here's a couple that's sitting over there, and they don't have a real good church, and they're trying to find one, and now they got a couple of Bibles. You know what? They, they look... It's like I looked at that thing. I said, that's what Jack Howes would have done. I said, he gave that guy a suit. That's the first thing that popped in my mind. He goes, he gave him a suit. You go give him a Bible? You wretched dog, you. <laughs> I said, yeah, man. You know what? They both smiled. I asked the little girl, the young lady said, what color do you want, black or red? She goes, red. I said, good. I got two red and three black, man. I said, I did it. The Holy Spirit knew what I was going to do with them someday. I went home, broke that box open, pulled two out, took them over. Then she goes, would you sign them? I'm like, why? <laughs> I said, well, I'll sign him. I'll sign him. Then he took over and had Doc sign him. And you say, what was that? Nothing. That was just two. They drove five or six hours to come over here and spend a week and spend their money to get a hotel so they could sit in here and just get fed for a week. Amen. I'm like, hey, man, that, you need, somebody needs to encourage that person. You know what? If we would encourage people instead of always putting them down, it might actually change something in this life. The devil's good at putting them down. Whose side are we on anyways? I like encouraging somebody. Paul knew. You know, he said, he said he, uh, when he's sitting there reading, let me get back to that passage over in Philippians 4. 
I think it's four. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. I'm trying to get done so we can go back and eat. By the way, we got free food today. Thanks to Sarah and Jonathan getting married. There's extra stuff. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. Do you realize that there's a prize for you? The Lord's he's tempting you. He's tempted you to do something. He's tempting you. Like me, I like woohoos. I like good deals. This is a good deal. He's asking me for 66, 60, I'm 65 this year in November. He's asking me to just spend a little bit of time and let go of some stuff in this world. And he goes, I'm going to give you something outside this place that's unbelievable. And he goes, what you do here matters what you get out there. Some of us don't care. We're so into ourselves that all we care about is what we get here. You know, that's what depresses people. Because you'll see somebody else with something and you'll want what they have. Now you got to go out and get a job to make the money to get what they have. I'm glad I don't have to work much anymore. I can go make a few bucks on the side here and a few bucks on the side here and do a couple things here and make a few dollars here and still help people and do whatever I want to do. And I don't have to be tied down to some stupid job somewhere that I'm fixing stuff that continues to break and it will break for the rest. You know, it ticked me off more than anything else. I used to be out Lexus Nexus. I'd put routers in. I'd help put routers in. Four to five hundred thousand dollars a piece. And we put them in hundreds at a time. Every four years. And when we took the hundred out at four to five thousand dollars a piece. Five thousand dollars a piece. Uh, five hundred thousand dollars a piece. A piece. When we took those things out, they threw them away. Because they were obsolete. Four years. It's probably two now. That's how fast this stuff goes by the wayside. And we sit there and think, oh, it's really, no, it's going to the junkyard in your lifetime. I'm sitting there going, why am I wasting my time on that stuff? I'd rather go tell somebody about Jesus. It's better off. You get incorruptible crowns. I got, I got crowns here. I, I could go through. Uh, I could give you all the references. If you want them, I'll give them to you. Crown of rejoicing. These are things you get later on down the road. Now, I don't know whether there'll be one crown with multiple uh, things on it, so you can say, oh, this is a crown of rejoicing, crown of life, crown of this, crown of that, and, and you get all this stuff. But you know, when you go to rule and reign, you'll be wearing a thing, and you will care then. I don't know if in heaven you get jealous, but boy, I, if I see somebody getting a suit in heaven and I ain't got one, I'm going to be mad. The Lord says, well, if you do something now, you might get one. You know why you don't have nothing here? You don't do nothing to get anything here. But wait a minute, i got to do something here to get something there. Well, that's all works. Now you're talking about just nothing but works. That's works. Well, then don't do it. Fine, don't do it. You don't want to talk about works? Go do your thing, man. I'm going to do, I've had people say, you know, you can't, you can't uh, do enough to, make, uh, to, to pay back Jesus for what he did for you. Yep, you're absolutely right. But why can't you sure try? I don't, I don't want to get there. I want to get there. I want to, man, I told the Lord the other day, I said, Lord, just one more, one more battle, man. Just one more. Let me, look, can I have a Goliath? I want a Goliath. I need one more thing. One more. I mean, don't let me go out sitting. I don't want to sit. I feel like I'm twiddling my thumbs now. I said, I don't want to go out sitting. I want to go out in a blaze of glory, man. I, I think it's good to be hair on fire. I like that way the doc said that the other day. Hair on fire. I mean, flames behind you as you're running down through it. I mean, just you're, you're fighting this. And then just go out, man. I want to go out just like, I want to, man, I wish we still had swords and all that other stuff. That would be the day. Man, we get to heaven. On the other side over there, guess what? You come back on them horses with him. I think they're all unicorns myself, but I could be wrong. But you come back on those horses, and you're all behind Jesus, and he comes out with that sword out of the word of God coming out of his mouth, and he's just wiping everybody out. 
I like to be on the winning side. I don't know about you, but I don't want to lose. I hate losing. I hate losing. So when I do something, I make sure that I know exactly what I'm doing. And if I lose, it's because the Lord wanted me to lose. But I want to be on the winning side, and I'm on Jesus' side. If you're not on his side, Paul knew the value of that calling. That, he, he never let anything get in the way of that calling. He said, I am called to serve Jesus Christ. I now know what I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. What's that day? Judgment. Heaven, heaven. One of these days is heaven, and I'm going to be standing there. That's a real thing, man. I'm really going to be there. You say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I'm sorry, man. I, I, I wish I could help you out. Uh, I wish I could give you what I got. If you're in here today and you're lost, I wish I could give you my salvation because I know exactly how to get it back. I've had 43 years to think about how to get it back. The Lord says you can't do it. Mike, you had to go through what you went through in life to get to that. I know what my calling is crown of glory. In heaven, the only thing that's really going to be, in my mind, that's going to show glory is Jesus. But he said, man, Mike, you're going to have a crown of glory. How do you get that? 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, man, can you imagine Jesus Christ walking up and putting a crown on you? That'd be like Jack Hiles down there. I mean, I was way back here and all I could see is that guy down there getting, I still see him, man, getting that suit. I'm not mad at him anymore. I hope it was one of those cheap Korean suits that fell apart. No. <laughs> But I'm not mad at that guy. I'm like, hey, you know, that guy did something. Maybe I should do something. Maybe that's what my problem is, is I'm not doing anything. And then I'm miserable inside because I'm not doing anything for the Lord. And now I'm going to take it out all on you guys because I'm not doing anything. You know what? If you go out and do something, you usually aren't mad at anybody else because you're too busy to be mad at anybody else. They'll get mad at you. Why? Because you're doing something. Paul knew how to obtain this prize. Philippians 3, 9, and be found in him not having my own righteousness. Brethren, it's not about you. It never was about you. It's about him. And all you're doing is promoting. You see these signs, uh, every now and then you'll see a commercial out there, and uh, progressive, you come with us and you save hundreds of dollars. I like, I like going up and down the road, man. You'll see these black guys out there. They're funny, man. They'll be flipping stuff all over the place. You can't read anything they're flipping. I don't know why they're flipping it. Uh, but they're, they're out there moving all over the place trying to get you to buy their product, buy this, buy that. Uh, but you know what? You got to, to obtain this prize, you got to do something. You got to be found in him having your own, not your righteousness, but his. And that's something you earn over a period of time. You, for, I got it today. I got saved. I'm going to heaven. There's no doubt. But over a period of time, you want to shine like the stars in heaven? You need to go out there and do something for him. Not for me, not for Anchor Baptist Church, but for him. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you did anything just for him? He did a lot for you. When was the last time you spent any time doing for him and not worried about what somebody else is doing? Who cares what somebody else does? What are you doing? If everybody would do what they were supposed to do, Brethren, this church, we'd have to triple the size of this church next week. If you think I'm supposed to do everything, the problem is you're not doing nothing. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you would have them in here. You say, well, if you'd learn how to preach. Hey, I got a young lady that says she likes to hear me preach. I got one on my side. My wife tells me she likes to hear me. She says I'm her favorite preacher. She knows where her bread is buttered. She butter say that. 
Paul says you got to be conformable unto his death in that same passage. Philippians 3, 9, he says, And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. The law, man, when you sit there and think it's all about you, you're under the law again. You know what grace does? It frees you from all that. And when you get free from that, you're like, man, I'm, I'm on my way home, heaven. I'm heaven bound. When you forget, I'm going to tell you this right now, and, and I don't care if you don't get anything else out of this. If you forget where you're going or you don't know where you're going, you're going to be one miserable person. Because now all of a sudden you're going to start looking down at everybody else and say, well, they got this and they got that. And how come I ain't got that? And how come I ain't? You ain't got the bills they got either. As a matter of fact, I don't want the bills. Beth keeps saying, you're going to find some other young girl. I said, nope. I said, I know what it takes to make them happy. I said, I know what it takes to make you happy. I've done, done this one time. I ain't going to do it again. I said, I want a shack somewhere, man. If, I, if she ever leaves me, first of all, I'm going with her. But if she doesn't leave me and she passes away, I'm going to find me a shack somewhere on the side. I'm just going to live in a shack. I'm going to give me an outhouse. No plumbing, no nothing, man. I don't want no lights. At nighttime, it's dark. I'll get a candle if I want a light. You know why? It don't cost nothing. Everything you do costs something. How are you going to attain that? Paul says, uh, go to, go to uh, Acts 4.2. Actually, 11.35. Hebrews 11.35. We're almost there anyways. Just about done. A couple more things. Title of this message. I'll tell you what the title of this message is. Higher ground. You know what you need to do is you need to go to higher ground. You never, get out of the valleys, man. Get out of the valley. The valley ain't no place. 11.35. Hebrews 11.35. It says right here, it says, you got to attain. Women receive their dead. Am I in the right place? Yes. Women receive their dead again. Actually, go back to uh, verse 32. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak. Man, you can sit here and preach about these guys all day long. And what they did in life. And Barak. And Samson. Samson. Everybody always dogs Samson out. And, and they should, rightfully. But man, I mean, how many people you know can whoop a thousand people by themselves? He's pretty impressive if you ask me. Uh, and of Jephthah. Jephthah said, I'm going to burn my daughter. He did, man. His daughter said, burn me. What a girl. My daughter comes up and says, you can't do that to me because I'm your daughter. I said, oh, yeah, I can. I was sitting there today. Where's Esther? Is Esther in here? Good, she's not here. I'll tell, I'll tell this. She went down with little Wally because Sarah got married yesterday, and they're on their honeymoon. And so she's taking care of little Wally. So this morning, Elizabeth calls me and says, oh, we, can't, we ain't got no specials. I'm like, What? We ain't got no specials. I said, wrong answer, minus five. I said, you ain't going to tell me we just had a revival all week and all the music we had, and you ain't got none on Sunday. I said, I ain't got nothing to preach, and now you're telling me we ain't got nothing to sing? I said, they're going to they're riot on me, man. I said, why ain't you singing? Well, Esther is part of our group, and Esther is down at Sarah's house watching Wally, and Wally just doesn't feel good. I'm like, What? So I don't know if you know me, but I just hung the phone up and I called Esther. I said, what is your problem? And I started calling everything but Esther. And she said, Wally. I said, I don't care about Wally. Put him in the nursery. That's what we got a nursery for. I said, you need to get up here and sing. So then I come in and she's not up here singing. I'm like, where's Esther? She goes, I've already been replaced. I just want you to know you can be replaced like that. <laughs> if the right person puts the right button in the right place, you, I can be replaced, and so can you. <laughs> I found that out, man. That's cool. Esther is in the, in the nursery watching Wally. Fine. You watch him here. 
He needs to be in church just like you. You're just looking for a reason. I told him, you're just looking for a reason to get out of church is what you're doing. I ain't going to give you that reason. You say, you're a jerk. You bet I am. <laughs> you call me up and tell me you ain't going to sing and you're supposed to sing and see what I do. <sighs> I'm telling you, man, brother, I, I know that there's a prize out there. And there's something out there that I have not seen nor ear heard nor entered the hearts of men, the things that God had prepared for them to love him. You will never be able to figure that thing out until you get there. And we're wasting our life down here, worried about this stupid stuff down here, when a treasure is waiting out there for us that you will never be. If the Lord thought in eternity past that I need to make a universe out here, and in this universe I'm going to put a little planet called Earth, that I got over here, I'm going to push it out there somewhere. And I'm going to put this over here, I'm going to raise some people on that planet so they could come out here to be with me. Then this out here must be pretty special. And he wants to give that to you. And if God wants to give you something, I know what he gave me at Calvary. And I can't tell you how special that is in this life. But boy, what he has on the other side of this thing, it isn't going to dwarf that. It's going to fulfill the rest of that. I'm going to get some stuff from him that the Lord said, Mike, you will thank the, the God that you waited. And the little stuff you gave up down here, you will never even think about what you gave up for what you just did. The attainment. Why do you do all that? To obtain a better resurrection. You know, one of these days, you can, you can go to heaven. I'm telling you, you, go to heaven, you get saved. You say, I'm saved. Leave me alone. Okay. Then fine, do what you want to do. I'm telling you, you have a better resurrection. I don't want to be on the other side of this thing. I don't want to stand, first of all, before Job and look at Job and, and know that Job, I don't want to be one of Job's three friends. I want to be like Job. You say, how, well, you're going to have to rule and reign. You're going to have to suffer with Jesus Christ. If you're going to rule with me, you have to suffer with me. No, I don't want to suffer. Then you won't get out there like, I want stories, man. I like stories. I had somebody tell me last night, you got a lot of stories. I'm like, yeah, man, when I get to heaven, I don't want Job to tell me all his stories. I know his stories are better than mine. I never got to go into the lion's den and jump down on a bunch of man-eating lions that didn't eat me. I never got to do that all night long. Yeah, man, you ain't going to eat me. Have you ever sit 12 hours in a lion's den? They're looking at you going, you know, a second is a long time when that happens. They're sitting there. I've seen polar bears, man, on the other side of glass, and I'm like, they're looking at me like they want to eat me, man. I wouldn't want to be in a cage with a polar bear all night, and he's just sitting over here going, <laughs> waiting for you to turn your head the wrong way, and he's going to come over and eat you. I don't want that. Daniel's going to have his story. Shattering. How about being thrown in a fiery furnace? Have you ever been burnt? These guys, and they stand up inside there, and they're talking to the Lord. Hey, man, it's like air conditioning in there. And all these guys, Samson, even Samson, he, I believe he's in heaven. He's going to say, man, I, I carried that gate up the side of the hill that day. <laughs> he goes, man, if I could go back, I would, I would do the right thing. He goes, but I got in the flesh, man. That's what's wrong with all this stuff like this. <laughs> if you can control it, it's okay. 99.9999% of the people cannot control it. And pretty soon it got you, man. There was a guy on the ship. They, they kicked him out. He put on his, his dungaree shirt and he'd flex his muscles, and the sleeves would rip. They couldn't keep a uniform on this guy. They said he had zero body fat, but his measurements were out of whack because it's just all, he's all muscle, man. I mean, he could pick the side of the ship up and, and 
He could take the anchor off the front and run. He'd probably like Samson. And they kicked him out because he was too much of a shape, too shapey. It was crazy. But you know there's a better resurrection? Just being resurrected isn't it's going to be as fun as a better resurrection. I get a better one, man. I got saved, number one. That makes it great. But there's some them crowns out there on the other side. I'm honest. I, I'm, I'm telling Lord all the time, I said, Lord, I'm really not doing it for the treasures or anything. I'm trying to do it for you because of what you did for me. And I know that whatever I do on this side will be for eternity on that side. It just makes sense to do that. That's all that makes sense. Whether I get anything out of it is irrelevant. That makes sense. It makes sense if somebody's lost to help them get saved. It only makes sense to do that. You say, are you out there 24-7? No, I wish I was. The Christian must give us, uh, you, must, you must let go of some of this garbage in this world to get there. He must win Christ in the following minute by getting to know him personally. How much time do you spend getting to know Jesus Christ? All that stuff Dr. Peacock talked about on Monday through Wednesday, uh, Thursday, 90% of that could go away if you just have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and listen to him. You know, he tells you what to do. He tells you exactly what to do. You don't have to worry about it. Claiming the power. Raise, I know he raised from the dead. People say, you're crazy. You, can you prove that? No, I can't prove it. I just know what happened. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but laws for the excellency of Christ. I'll stop right there. Brethren, there's a guy named Homer A. Rotaheaver. And he was born in 1880, died in 1955. He said this. When, brother, let's, let's sing it. I want to sing a song and then we'll be done. He said this, he says, when a sermon has been preached or an invitation given to the members of a church to rededicate their lives for service, he said, this is an exceptionally appropriate song to sing, Higher Ground. That was, he was Billy Sunday. Did you ever hear Billy Sunday? He was Billy Sunday's song leader. And he, you know, Billy Sunday always tried to get you to move is to higher ground. So many times we settle for the low lines. That's, you know, everybody, they, they said this week, Dr. Peacock uh, said that the high wind stopped his plane. That's what caused him not to be able to go there. And we were wondering why there was no flights down south. And you know what it is? It's, it's uh, what's, what's this week? Oh, yeah, spring break. So everybody's got to go to the beach and take all their clothes off. And all the guys got to go to the beach and look at the girls with their clothes off. And they're running around with no clothes on either. All on low ground. Have you ever seen a tsunami? I don't feel sorry for anybody that gets wiped out by a tsunami. You're a moron if you're sitting there watching the waves go out. That's really cool. If you see the waves go out, that means they're going to come back shortly. Shortly they're coming back. And they're probably going to come back a lot worse than they, came, they went out. But when the whole thing just disappears out there for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet... And you stand there and look at it. You know what's wrong? You're on low ground. You're getting ready to get wiped out. You know what you need to do is move to some higher ground. I did a study one time, and Noah's flood, it took 17 days for the Rocky Mountains to get flooded. Even if you run to higher ground and thought you were okay because you were going to get on, if you could get on Mount Ararat, in 40 days, Mount Ararat was like 20-something feet underwater. That's the wrong higher ground. Everybody runs to lower ground all the time. They always go lower. Sea, sea level is the lowest place you can get. And we go there for fun. I think they're crazy myself. They couldn't find a flight anywhere. 
So he had to fly into Atlanta, spend the night, and fly out of Atlanta this morning because the flights were all canceled. Not canceled, they're just full, packed with people headed down to spring break. Parents sending them down there to go get in trouble. And the Lord says, higher ground. You better get to higher ground. I got something out there called heaven, man. And I'm keeping my mind on that and my sights on that and my goals are on that. And I'm going to help some people get back in and get their lives right and hopefully get a couple souls here and there and just help them get back in. I don't think we're going to have great revivals. But I think there's a lot of people who need some help. And you know what they need to see is somebody with a smile on their face. Do you care? I care. You can't do everything, by the way. Don't even try to do everything. You know what you need to do? You, know, you need to know what you're calling. Paul knew what his calling was. He got knocked down on the road to Damascus. He said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And as that thing started unrolling in front of him and unveiling in front of him, the next thing you know, we're sitting here 2,000 years later with 14 New Testament books that Paul wrote. And John... John got out of that thing, and in 92, 93, 94 AD, he wrote five books. John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. He didn't know he was going to write those things for years. And he got out there years later. Christ died 33 AD, 92 AD, that's almost 60 years later. John wrote that. You know what John had to do? He got a, they tried to boil him in oil, couldn't kill him, so they stuck him on the Isle of Patmos so he'd slow down so he'd write five books. You ever read the book of John? You ever read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John? You ever read the book of Revelation? Have you ever been boiled in oil? They said John was. Sometimes, you know, the calling isn't necessarily what you think it is. It, we need to slow down to hear it. You got to slow down and say, Lord, what did you say? He said, Mike, who are you? He had to get me in a swamp where there was nobody else around. Walking down a, a street in the middle of the night. So he could stop and get away from all this stuff out there, just taking my mind and, and walking out there. And he had to put trials in my life and troubles in my life and things that just hurt me in my life. So I'd sit there and cry out to him and say, oh, God. He goes, yeah, I've been trying to get a hold of you, but you won't listen. You got too much noise going on. So I put this in your life to get you out here in the middle of a swamp where you talk to me. Boy, I'm sure glad he did that. You know what he did? He changed my life. He started me on a fight right there. He said, look, keep your mind where it belongs on heaven. If you're in here today and you're not going to heaven, I can tell you how to do it if you come see me. You can pretty much grab anybody around you and ask them. They can tell you the same thing. If you're in here and you forgot you're going to heaven, you know what you need to do? Put your, you need to rededicate yourself to God and say, Lord, I've got my sight off of where it needs to be. Please help me get it back on. Father, thank you for your blessings today. Lord, thank you for the meeting we had this week. And Lord, you gave us a lot of material to keep in our minds and our hearts. And Lord, uh, help us not to forget that. Lord, this world has put so much pressure on us from every angle that it possibly can to get us to, to, to start thinking about the things we shouldn't be thinking about. Lord, there's some things we need to think about, and I understand that, but Lord, not all the time. Lord, there's a time where we need to stop and think about you and, and, and get our calling for sure what you'd have us to do. And if it's a small thing of throwing a couple mites in, Lord, that's all we need to do. Lord, if it's something bigger, you'll, you'll avail that to us as time goes on. But Lord, we just need to keep our, our sights on you and, and not this filthy, stinking world. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the week. Thank you for Sarah and Jonathan uh, renewing their vows yesterday. And Lord, I just pray now that uh, you'd bless us and watch over us and bless the food afterwards. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.